Welcome to Blurred Culture issue number eight. Hey, I kind of harmonize. I love you. Um, <laughs> I'm Troy, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ethan. Hello, everybody. And Humps. Electric lady, get away. Hey, all right. It sounded like, a, it sounded like the, the beginning of like a 90s black sitcom. All right. <laughs> no, I, no, no, so I, the only reason I did that is because Janelle Monet murdered that Prince tribute. Um, and we'll talk about that later, but I God just want to give her respect. She's just beautiful. beautiful, beautiful <laughs> all right, join us, as, <laughs> join us as we discuss the bloodiest topics on a bi-shmeekly basis. Uh, this week we talk about juicy Justice League news, Jay-Z waving goodbye to title. I know y'all like that play on words. And we double check on Sean to see if he's still lost in Jesse Williams' eyes. I just found my way out this morning. So, <laughs> so before we start the show, remember that if you don't like anything we're talking about, skip ahead by checking the timestamps in the description and find something you actually do like. With that said, the character chronic Cools is here, where we each week will give a bio on an important black character and the impact they've made in the medium, whether it be in TV, comics, or video games. This week, Sean takes helm. Alright, so The Daily Show got six feet smaller this week as we learned that all 72 inches of senior correspondent Jessica Williams, who by the way is younger than every single one of us, she was born in 1989, <laughs> will be leaving the show to start working on her own uh, scripted series on Comedy Central. While not, <laughs> while not technically a character in the traditional sense, Jessica Williams has become a fixture in the lives of satirical news lovers across America, so I thought it was only fitting to bid her a special farewell while we also await her return to TV. So when she joined The Daily Show in 2012, Jessica became the long-running show's youngest correspondent ever, and in her four years on The Daily Show, armed with only her unparalleled wit, sarcasm, and an endless string of one-liners, Jessica has changed the game with her blunt and unapologetic focus on race and gender issues in America, always telling her stories and conducting her interviews through a lens of ridiculous but relatable humor and taking down crazies and bigots everywhere with the power of cold, hard logic. Some of my favorite examples from The Daily Show include the Frisky Business segment where Jessica takes us to one of the most crime-ridden streets in New York City, Wall Street. Totally flipping, <laughs> totally flipping the racial profiling script because everyone knows that a finely tailored Italian suit is the safest way to travel in New York City. Yes. Uh, another is the trans panic epidemic where she attempts in vain to convince an insane Elmer Fudd lookalike preacher that, tra <laughs> that trans people are absolutely not possessed by evil bathroom using demons. <laughs> And my favorite, my personal favorite, uh, the time she delivered an expertly crafted read in response to Fox News' old and boring outrage over Beyonce's performance of Formation at this year's Super Bowl, reminding the impossibly ridiculous haters that Beyonce does not have to keep her mouth shut, specifically because it makes middle America uncomfortable. Exactly. Jessica Williams is out here trying to save the world one side at a time, and I support her every step of the way. Jessica is currently one half of the podcasting uh, comedy duo Two Dope Queens alongside Phoebe Robinson, known for her work on Broad City and Girl Code, and you should definitely check that one out. It's a really good time. I didn't, that is Jessica Williams. I did not know she had a podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so basically, the format is that they just kind of uh, they talk about life and tell tell random stories about ridiculous things that happen to them, and then it's broken up by uh, just stand up comedy segments mm -hmm. from just all all kinds of different uh, comedians of every dope. every uh, race, gender, um, ethnic background, socioeconomic background. So it's really cool. It's a it's a cool. very very cool uh, experience. Dope, Check dope. that out. I mean, I've always loved her delivery um, from essentially the, the moment she came on the Daily Show. Mm -hmm. But she also has that poignancy that, you know, the political, satirical show kind of calls for. Right. So to, to me, it, it only makes sense that she would advance in really such a, a quick amount of time just because yeah. she, she is just that talented. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was surprised they didn't make her the host of the Daily Show when John was I wasn't too surprised. I mean, I, I feel like she... And this is just a, a, a personal op opinion, and this would go for anybody, you know, coming in after John. Yeah. I, I feel like it's it's such a tough act to follow. Yeah. Um, I, I could see within like a, a few years that happening. Yeah, keep in Maybe. mind she's barely twenty six. That's yeah. you know, 
Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's pretty dope that she was when people were asking her, "Are you taking over? Are you taking over?" When John announced that he was leaving, I thought it was pretty dope that her first response was, "I am in no position to do that. I'm not ready for that." And she, so she understands that, you know, maybe she wants to get there one day, but she understands that she has time to get there and that there's yeah. no need to rush. Um, so yeah, I have so much respect for the for the woman. I'm looking forward to what she does in the future. All right, now for Planet Bugle, which is our latest news and rumors in the entertainment industry, handed to us directly by Perry White. Uh, first, we will start Trek, start with Star Trek. <laughs> I'll start checking for news with Sean. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I've been working on my vernacular. <laughs> All right, so following the release of the final Star Trek Beyond trailer, which, by the way, was cool, but it was also just like a very straightforward action trailer. It didn't show yes. a whole lot new that we didn't really know. Um, the music video for Rihanna's song titled Sledgehammer on the upcoming Star Trek Beyond soundtrack, the song that was played during the second half of this trailer, premiered on Thursday morning in IMAX theaters. Um, Sledgehammer is the first music video to be shot entirely with IMAX cameras. Uh, it's a pretty cool video starring my Bajan queen Rihanna <laughs> con conquering a, a planet in the name of my beloved Barbados. <laughs> um, and there is a very short cameo from the Starship Enter Enter Enterprise itself. Uh, my personal favorite moment from the, or not even moment, but concept from the video is that Rihanna is dressed basically exactly like Avatar Aang, uh, <laughs> rocking, the, <laughs> rocking the full Rihanna forehead and it's mo at its most glorious. Uh, she has the Fire Nation version of Katara's hairdo, uh, doing some classic Toph-style earthbending. She's literally re representing the entire Avatar <laughs> Okay. Show, probably not even on purpose, but what I got from it was that this four-minute video was better than the entire waste of a movie that Night uh -huh. Channel One uh, tricked me into paying for. So yes, I I love the video. It's so crazy to me to see where Rihanna's vocal range and melody ideas came from. Absolutely, as they go from I said one by one and two by two, <laughs> and now it's like. <laughs> Come through Mr. Oh. D to some pondery play. I knew, I, I knew you could not Bye. go through that without singing that song. But no, uh, shout out to Rihanna. Rihanna on your ball. Yeah. Got IMAX theater camera videos. Yeah. And they, they showed this this video in IMAX. Like you could go pay for a ticket to watch a music video. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, to be honest, what I have been most impressed by. And, I mean, this could bring some hate towards me from the – Navy, I guess, but um, <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> Rihanna's vocals have never done anything for me. If I'm mm -hmm. being completely Troy, honest, Troy felt the same way. It's not just you. Yeah, I mean, but like at times he would like make me cringe, um, <laughs> just because like like certain notes when she would like do ballads would just be too off for me, where I I couldn't listen. But I give credit where credit is due. And clearly, she's been working on on her, her voice. She did a performance. I want to say at maybe the Billboard Award. Yeah, Billboard Award. Music um, love on your brain. Yes. Yeah. Love brain. And um. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Love on your brain sounds sorry. like a zombie song. I'm sorry. Um. But but yeah. So this song, as Troy said, her versatility and her kind of vocal depth has you know, expanded beyond the scope that I thought that it was going to. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a really strong and beautiful song, and her vocals are well-suited, A, for this this movie, which is so climactic and, and epic, and then just impressive on an artist level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that, to me, what was most impressive, that she kind of went from someone that I didn't see as a vocalist to someone who I'm, I'm now pretty impressed with. Yeah, so my my thing is pretty much day one, I hear about this girl, Rihanna, who's from Barbados, and all of a sudden she has this hit song, and by default, because my family is from Barbados, because I spent so much time in Barbados uh, growing up, I like automatically had to be a fan of her, and I was going to love anything she did, and I was going to support <laughs> everything she did, whether it was good or bad, um, and I always knew that, you know, she wasn't, she, she wasn't like this power vocalist, but then here's the thing. Once Rated R happened, after the whole um, Chris Brown tragedy, things kind of changed where she started to really, really focus on, okay, how do I make 
the sound that comes out of my my head sound better. Um, <laughs> and she's now one of the few that does like these true power ballads. And she's she's no Beyonce, she's no Adele, uh, she's never going to be. But I think she's finally figured out exactly what she's capable of and where her voice should go. She does some very very unique runs that no one else is doing, just because her voice is kind of unusual. Um, C is probably the only person that uh, that has anything similar, which is why they sound so good together. Yes. When uh, C, C wrote this song, in addition to a lot of her other hits, and so I, my my perspective is, if you listen to this song, if you listen to Sledgehammer, and you still sit there and you say Rihanna can't sing, you're lying to yourself because the track is very very minimal, especially through the verses, mm-hmm. and there's only so much that uh, post production can do to cover up a bad voice and this girl is singing she is singing like she is laying out some 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 music and i i love it and i support her and i'm so happy that she's like singing now and not just making these fun pop records which are also great but i i'm here for some singing you know what i mean yeah same same here like as i've said before i'm a a big fan of of vocalists specifically female vocalists mm-hmm. um and and now she is you know beginning to earn my respect in that regard Ethan, you should check out Anti. Um, like being yeah. Okay. I think you'll I think you'll appreciate it. It's beca- it's very artistic in a way that people didn't expect from her. Cool. I'll check it out. Now for uh, my favorite show, Agents of Shield <laughs> <laughs> news. So uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield, yes, Marvel being in front of it was not a typo. May finally be adding an actual superhero to their show, guys. What? what? No. Uh, well, anti-superhero by the name of Ghost Rider. Uh, it's an older version, so we won't have to worry about the taint of Nicolas Cage movies. The taint? Uh, it, what? Yes. Uh, there are actually two of those. Two tainted Ghost Rider movies. Uh, so, yeah, the character is based off of Robbie Reyes, which is an older version of Ghost Rider. I mean, it's cool. I mean, that show... I will always give that show props for the diversity that they have within it. So it's a rumor as well. It's not completely confirmed, but a lot of their artwork that they've that they've shown as they head to Comic Con shows like the cast with fiery chains around them. So it's like a big big hint. But um, finally, we're getting something for me to look for. Well, I don't know. Quake was a cool hero, but and then the one time they had the girl from Thor on the show was was cool too. And she Nick was on Fury. Twice, I think, so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> But the first episode I don't count because that first episode that she was on was absolutely trash. Uh, but the two, <laughs> the two times Nick Fury, Fury was on was cool too. So yeah, I, I guess I'm looking forward to it. How about you guys? I am of two minds. I both, you know, want the show to have more heroes on it. I guess maybe because I don't have that strong of a connection to Ghost Rider that mm-hmm. I can't get myself too excited for it. I'm not sure how he fits into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. world and then just kind of the Marvel Universe as a whole. I mean, maybe, like, you know, I'm sure you both have more of a context and history with, with this character, and perhaps if I knew that. Like, I I just can't really picture, like, this <laughs> motorcycle, like, fiery skull <laughs> with like, showing up at S.H.I.E.L.D. like, hey, y'all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's a little dramatic. <laughs> like, just, just a tad bit dramatic, so I'm not quite sure what that looks like. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, of all the characters that Marvel will let them have, uh, <laughs> so, like he would feel be, be way more suited to be on like the Netflix series. Yes, um, exactly. So, but Agents of Shield, like that, just sounds unless he's going to be like a tag along thing for like two episodes. I don't, I don't. I can't imagine how they're gonna pull off the effect of Ghost Rider, like. You need a budget for that. Even you know, his head is on fire. <laughs> well, they they do get a good budget for two episodes. I will say, well, not three episodes. It's like the first episode, the middle season finale, and then the season finale. They always have really good budgets for those. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not personally the biggest fan of Ghost Rider. I've just never really paid much attention to him. I don't find the concept of him that terribly cool. But I do respect that he's getting another opportunity in the MCU proper rather than the, I think it was Columbia Pictures that did that hot mess with Nicolas Cage. I didn't even see the yeah. second one, but um, if you haven't seen either of those movies, that's okay. It's perfectly fine. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I mean, at, at the same time, I'm all for them at least attempting to infuse this show with a bit more actual heroism and, and powers. Because right. um, Chloe Bennett did essentially speak out to a Wizard World crowd where she said, the Marvel Cinematic Universe loves to pretend that everything is connected, but then they don't acknowledge our show at all. 
So mm -hmm. I would love to, to do that, but they don't seem too keen on that idea. So, and that's coming from the actor. So she shares the same feelings that, that we do, essentially, when it, it comes to this. And once again, I, I'm split. I feel like if they do it right, it can work. Once again, I don't know how he fits into everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded about it if it does happen. I would say at least this might link to the Netflix thing. Like I, I could see somehow them figuring out this character and him existing in Agents of Shield and also being able to exist like when the Defenders film. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, that's just that's just yeah. that could be cool. My my concern is like how does Agents of I don't watch Agents of Shield really. I'm familiar with some of it, but how does Agents of Shield handle things like mysticism and stuff? Because there's some mysticism involved with Ghost Rider. Um, they, they don't. It's like just kidding. Um, <laughs> looking back on it, I, I'm I'm trying to think. Like maybe the closest thing. I'm I'm trying to think if there was anything in season two when they went with the what what are those enhanced people called? Um 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 uh, Inhumans. Uh, inhumans. In, yes. in, inhumans. I I feel like something with that land that they that, went to that was like apart from reality. That was and that mysticism involved in that at all? The Thor kind of the Thor episode based episodes are kind of mystical to it as much as Thor tries to say. I'm, yeah, Thor, Thor is like, oh, this is scientific, but um, there's magic it. magic people with magic powers. Right, yeah. they need to <laughs> embrace magic. Like the closest the closest the MCU has come to doing like magic proper is Scarlet Witch, but even that they're explaining away as like psychic powers. And so I'm just I until we get Doctor Strange, we don't know how they <clears throat> treat mysticism. So. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna remain cautiously optimistic. That's everyone's favorite word is cautiously optimistic. I keep saying <laughs> that. <laughs> it's valid though. Like I don't because I don't want to write it off because I have no idea what's gonna happen. But at the same time, like I can see this going very very left. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, a high risk of, of failure, but I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I guess moving on to Justice League news. It's lit. <laughs> so they uh, released the new logo for it. It's it's pretty straightforward and simple, monochromatic, black and white, and then the inverse of that. Um, I, I feel like it, it didn't really need anything too special. They also released more information about the actual film, and just from the synopsis, it looks like it does pick up essentially right after Dawn of Justice ends where Batman and Wonder Woman are searching to find the other metahumans to form the team known as the Justice League mm -hmm. as they face a threat of catastrophic proportions. And that actual threat, the villain, <coughs> is, um, which is a surprise to literally everyone, is <laughs> Steppenwolf, which I'm, I'm actually on board for. Um, mm -hmm. For those who don't know, Steppenwolf is a new god who is Darkseid's general. Oh, he Lord. is <laughs> he is very lethal. He is a powerhouse. He's immortal. Has super strength, speed, military knowledge. Um, he's a master of weaponry. He uses awesome this. headset piece. That's not yeah. even fair because like so so okay so he's Superman plus like he knows how to do practical things. Yeah. <laughs> It's so extra. <laughs> it's the power of practicality. <laughs> yes, thank thank Jack Kirby for this. I'm a huge fan of, of Jack Kirby and his creations of the the new gods, and he's of course done things for for Marvel. And I I think this is actually a good idea because I feel like going straight into Dark Side, like I need more of a build up for him. Yes, yeah. like they they were making references to like parademons and new gods in Dawn of, of Justice. And it felt like they were essentially going to go straight there, but I feel like this is the the better way, as almost like a a harbinger for the main event, which is soon to come, which is going to make that feel even more epic. Exactly, like like Darkseid needs his story told and, and built up properly because if people think Joker is like a crazy villain, like Darkseid is like the ultimate <laughs> general, like Hitler esque type, <laughs> like 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 he's so yeah he's no he's crazy. I, I remember he there was a, a thing where he kind of fought he fought Batman and he said how he appreciates America because well he appreciates the Earth because you have wars that that kill each other. Right? Mm -hmm. And he has nothing. He, he said his planet. They don't even do that. But he said it's a. He said it's a. <laughs> he loves that technique that you'd be willing to kill each other to to just to win a. I mean to win a war. So he's he's an amazing kind of. Well, I don't want to say amazing because it makes me sound like a terrible person. Uh, but <laughs> he's, 
is like a unique, unique villain. So I can't wait for him. Also, I did want to say the logo. The logo, yeah, it's simple. I like the logo because I can just wear it on a shirt. Yeah, I, 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 I value simplicity in logos. Exactly. Yeah. As long as they're not, as long as they maintain an identity. Quick, quick note. It, it does look like they will be making it more optimistic. Um, they're using the death of Superman and his selfless act as a way for, I guess, specifically Bruce Wayne to quote unquote lighten up from what Ben Affleck. Um, has been saying, you know, he's not going to be <laughs> jokey uh, Marvel, really, but... He's not going to be, he's, he's, not be the Iron Man. Right. He's, he's going to have, like, a more kind of darker, noir sense of, of humor. I feel like that's appropriate to DC Comics. Yeah, I mean, de- definitely. Like, I, I feel like this world definitely has its own tone, and I feel like they should stay with that tone. After the events of Dawn of Justice and Superman dying, I do feel like it, it is good to make sure that his death wasn't in vain. And, and actually, one of the quotes from Batman that um, he said to Superman was that the last time you inspired people was when Sweet you died, died. Um, which is a really <laughs> effed up thing to say. But it's, it's also like a, a very kind of powerful commentary about what Superman represents and essentially that situation of not knowing what you have when you have it and how important this character is until he's gone. So that's, that's honestly what I, I feel like the movie did very well. To me, as long as they um, they can go lighter if they want to, as long as it is in the name of a good film and not in the name of appeasing critics, then yeah. I... There's, a, there's only two things I need from this movie, just two simple things. One, I need just a slight like hint or cameo of Green Lantern at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. if it's like a shining green light right before the movie <laughs> cuts the credits. Mm-hmm. And then two... I really need Cyborg to say booyah at one point. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sort of back drawing. Nah, yo. That's what I'm talking one about. Booyah, no, no, no it, wouldn't, it wouldn't because people don't even know that like black people were saying booyah in the in the 90s because they think they invented it in 2005 or something. That's true. It could be like him getting shot all crazy. Everything. It, it could be <laughs> like him... Oh, <laughs> it, could be, it could be him getting like shot all crazy, and then him getting like one final like white cannon, a white noise cannon blast off. As he falls, he's like, "Booyah!" Like, like that would be, be so dope. Okay, I, I, I guess if if it's in his delivery and how he delivers, not like line. if he's like eating chicken, like oh, booyah! Oh, oh, please, Master Bruce, this chicken the good, Enough of the coonery. This was a lot. <laughs> but, but yeah, so ultimately, um, I'm even more excited about Justice League. I, I, I feel like this news, it might not seem that um, paramount to, to people, but um, just knowing the direction where it's heading, the inclusion of this villain, which is foretelling of future movies for this this series is super exciting. Yeah, release date November 2017 a month before Star Wars Episode 8 which is yeah. I like how November is kind of becoming like the secondary blockbuster yeah. Uh, yeah. movie this year but like Hunger Games was this year and then uh, I mean, it was last year. And then yeah Doctor Hunger Games was done that for a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Resident like Evil that. used to be in that on that train in September but I mean Fart noises. All that. Fart noises. <laughs> I like the first. I like the first one. I really like the first one. And, I, and the third one, I don't hate, especially when Ashanti um, is getting eaten by birds. I think that's okay. Oh, Ashanti was in there. Yeah, yeah. She was. She played a nurse for like twelve seconds, and she like saved a bunch of people by getting eaten by birds. But her scream was awkward and funny. So I like the zombies didn't get distracted by her sideburns. I would be surprised. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm t- I'm t- no, no, low key. I've always like found sideburns of women attractive. I don't even know why. I don't know. Why. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know what it is. Either. It's just so, like I just like in my brain. I think mutton chops. Like I assume. Like, <laughs> That's you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Give me a full beard. <laughs> How do you think I lined up like that? All right. <laughs> Now for Technologic, our tech resident, uh, Humps, will update us on the latest in the tech industry filled with tech-like things in a tech-like nature. Hi, I'm, I'm Humps, the tech expert, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Technologic, where I discuss some of my favorite tech news stories, some that dominate the headlines and others that flew completely under the radar. 
First up, Apple is in talks to acquire Tidal. So, Apple is reportedly considering an acquisition of Jay-Z's music streaming service Tidal. Originally launched in 2014, uh, prior to Jay-Z's purchase of the service, Tidal has focused primarily on offering high-fidelity music to provide superior sound quality over competing services such as Spotify. Since Jay-Z came into the picture in 2015, though, Tidal has benefited from exclusivity deals with some of the biggest artists in the music industry, including Beyonce, Kanye West, and Rihanna. This has meant that none of these artists' music would be available on any other streaming service upon initial release. So, do you guys have any thoughts on this acquisition? First, uh, I would just say you could just stop at Beyonce. That's the reason why Apple Music <laughs> is like, ah, you got Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Not like, bad. No, I mean, they, they know how important Re so, and, and Kanye are yeah, to yeah, like, yeah. making money, too. Um, and the second, uh, they were like, Jay-Z said it best, man. He's not a businessman. He is a, a businessman. Like, he about to get right. a billion dollars. A billion <laughs> dollars for a company he bought, like, two, was it two, three years ago? No, it was last year. Yeah, he literally <laughs> bought this, Rus- this Russian company. Uh, Russian streaming service made it for himself, and he knew, like he, you know, he always has a plan, man. Mm-hmm. What what what's dope about it is that like Title does not have a ton of customers, but what they do have is uh, that they pull the audiophile crowd. So an audiophile, for those who don't know, is somebody who's just extremely passionate, <clears throat> about, uh, passionate about authentic, undegraded music experience. No loss in audio quality and then they also make money again off of these exclusivity deals because people will pay for an entire month just to listen to the new rihanna album a week early or just to uh, watch lemonade because they missed it on hbo so um they're not doing so bad and for jay-z himself apple picking them up is like let me just add this to me and my wife's huge purse of money because we are so rich. <laughs> so. I don't have like too strong of an opinion. Like my opinion comes from like a very kind of small and selfish kind of aspect to it, which is like when Lemonade came out, like sometimes I just like to go online and like, you know, listen to a song or listen to a video and it's hard to do that with them being on title and you know things being taken off um so if them joining apple helps with that (laughs) then i'm on board question mark (laughs) yeah i mean it's a it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand like like you said you're reducing the number of places you have to go for exclusive content but on the other hand now apple is in charge of that much more exclusive content they already uh had you know taylor swift drake I roll Adele, you know what I mean. So yeah. now that's just that's just including their include uh, increase, <laughs> increasing their library of exclusive artists, which is great for probably the artists. It's great for Apple. It's great for Jay Z. And in one sense, it's great for us, but in another, it kind of sucks. <clears throat> I mean, essentially, they're monopolizing the, the market, and whenever yeah, that happens, sort of, there's yeah. pros and cons to it. And then uh, my thing is like title. The reason why I dug title so much is that one, one, it's black owned. It's right. right. And then two, uh, Jay Z as an artist was looking out for other artists. So before so, Taylor Swift was, so y'all can put that away. I'm tired of her getting credit for everything. Please. Everybody put Jay Z down for doing this to give Please. artists more money, and then Taylor Swift <laughs> pulled her thing from Apple Music, and everybody wanted to praise her as the queen. I myself was like, oh, Taylor Swift is dope. I love it. And then I saw her for who she really is. I don't trust her. So, some of her music is still good though, so I'll listen to it. Yeah, some of, I will give her. She got some bangers. I'll give her the back. But. 1989 was fire. There's, there's um, some bad blood. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. I know. Oh, goodness. Uh, Next up, in Saturn news, a Tesla Model S with the autopilot system activated was involved in a fatal crash this week. Uh, This is the first known fatality in just over 130 million miles where autopilot was activated. Uh, um, Among vehicles in the United States, there's a fatality every 94 million miles, and worldwide, a fatality occurs approximately every 60 million miles. So what this actually means is that while statistically less prone accidents with autopilot activated, the technology that is used to sort of basically allow a car to drive itself um, is nothing close to perfect. Uh, It does not completely make up for human error. It is not at all equivalent to what a lot of bigger companies are doing with self-driving vehicles, um, despite being able to accomplish very similar things. And the real moral moral of the story 
here is that even with the influx of self-driving technology making its way into more and more affordable cars every day, my own car even has a system that can brake for me if it thinks that I'm driving too fast. Ball and Sean. Yeah. Sean <laughs> humble brag. Right. No, 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 but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it surprised me. I didn't know I could do that. But, um, so this is really a reminder. <laughs> Stop laughing. This is sad. I'm sorry. This is, this is ultimately a reminder that no matter how uh, capable your car is of, uh, how capable your cars are, the responsibility to control your own vehicle still is in your own hands. Um, you know, I was just at the dealership with my $80,000 check from this show about <laughs> to buy one of them Tesla things, man. But luckily, Google yeah. alerts hit me and was like, bro, you know, hold off on that. Uh, cars are murdering people. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can go for the Tesla Model 3 in uh, three to five years and pay, I think it's 35000 You can pre order it for. Well, you know, how my how my, my bank account set up. Uh, I'm going I'm to just wait until, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, I mean, yeah, it's. it's I, I will say one of the good things about it is, is that Tesla was very upfront about the accident. They, mm-hmm. As soon as it happened, they explained everything that went, went down because they, they wanted to be very transparent they didn't want to, like no secret thing and, and i love them for that i thought that was really yeah. cool. i mean mm-hmm. their, their stock dropped by 2.5 percent uh after this happened <clears throat> i'm sure it's still kind of going down but not not a crazy jump it's not people. gonna it's not gonna die this is I mean, it's the, the car of the rich people now it's like Tesla, even, yeah, so. even though it's not the most expensive car it's the one that the rich people have it's so made by gonna... it's made by our our iron man our version yeah. of iron man so yeah. it's, not, it's not going anywhere but it's funny because like when this story hit i was like i didn't even know these cars were out yet uh, oh, yeah, um, where, I, where I live, because I live in the suburbs of Baltimore, so there's a lot of like very wealthy people uh, in the area, and so I see them all the time, and it still baffles me that like y'all are paying this much money for these cars. I'd be too worried, man. I can't. Uh, yeah. I'd be too worried to be in a car to drive stuff, man. Yeah. Know, there's a Tesla dealership up the street. I'm, I should go test drive one, actually. Man, don't do that, man. Somebody <laughs> just died. <laughs> My bad. All right, you're a very detrimental part of the show. You, you know, put the show up and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and fi- finally, and most stupidly, <laughs> this, pa- this past Wednesday, the internet found itself behaving poorly yet again when the hashtag heterosexual pride day managed to become a trending topic on Twitter and Facebook. This strange hashtag then spawned the sister topic, White History Month. And from there, news feeds and timelines everywhere were surely flooded with one of two things. Either memes of varying hilarity dismissing these ludicrous hashtags, or people of questionable intelligence spewing utter ignorance in defense of these stupid things because these people totally and completely miss the point, as usual. Um, I feel like <laughs> this doesn't even need to be talked about in depth because it's just so dumb but you guys are free to comment if you want to. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's it's not um, questionable intelligence it's zero intelligence. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's it's like there's, there's literally like no like conversation well, and, and, and that's my issue. Like even thinking about it like tires me out. It's like because it's, it's so obvious that the fact of the matter is is that these people don't need hashtags don't need that representation (laughs) for it um and yet you still want it and that just shows you how deeply instilled your privilege is privileged people want to be oppressed so bad it's not fair fair that other people get to be treated unfair they need to that unfairness guys oppression sucks you don't want it (laughs) oppression is for everybody I remember one time, this is how bad people want to be oppressed. I remember uh, one of my, my favorite developers, uh, Craig, I forgot his last name, but he develops Gears of War 4. He, he, he said Olivia Munn was appropriating nerd culture. Oh. Come on, my guy. Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Munn? Yeah, because she was like, you know, she did talk on the show for a bit and then used that to boost her platform. Like, come on, man. Like, what is, what, why, what do is we think, why, why do we assume she's not a nerd and why are yeah. we making culture Thing or another. That was the dumbest thing ever. But, Our whole show proves that nerd culture, culture is so many things. <laughs> it's, yeah. so, it's, it's cool to be a nerd. Okay, anyway, but my, my thing, my favorite thing, and this is the only thing I'm going to say on the whole hetero. Well, actually, I have two things. One, they only do these hashtags out of spite. It's never to make themselves feel better. It's always because, oh, we got some. I mean, they got some, so we're going to make ours better. And we never do that. 
We Black History Month is not to be out of spite of, the, of white people. Black Girls Rock hashtag is not to be out of spite of, of white girls. It's just saying, hey, we get we get to, like knocked down on life. Here's a hashtag to make you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Second thing, my favorite meme from the whole hetero uh, sexual heterosexual pride day was like someone put up a map of the world and it said, <laughs> <laughs> and it said uh, this uh, colored in red is all the countries it's illegal to be hetero uh, hetero and like literally the whole map was white <laughs> just white <laughs> that was my favorite bit from yesterday the chat. oh man alright now for a quick save point which is our video game news review section for WWE 2K17 uh, news we don't really talk about sports or my guilty pleasure of the world wrestling entertainment I wanted to give a quick rundown about it uh, it was announced this week that the third installment of the next gen console version of WWE 2K series will be released October 11th with Brock Lesnar gracing the cover. Brock looks to be having an exciting this year as he'll be in UFC 200 later this month as well as performing at WWE's SummerSlam in August. Uh, the first to ever do something in this nature outside of Kenny Shamrock in the Attitude Era. I don't know if you guys remember him but he was like this weird looking Italian meathead old dude who was in like MMA first and then came over to do like a quick stint in the thing. <clears throat> so it's unprecedented because Brock Lesnar has had diverticulitis. Fighters were catching his, his weak spot which is his stomach so if he hits like once you hit his stomach it's a wrap. So he took the time off to come to WWE where you technically don't have to, I mean you still get hurt as, as bad but mm-hmm. they're a lot more careful about, about you doing so. I was able to heal, and now because of the, the time he took off, he's able to go back and fight UFC. A lot of people think this is a weird decision, including me, uh, If he because if he loses in July at, to this guy, this his competitor, Mark Hunt, and then he goes back to WWE, he kind of loses like the allure that, that this was an amazing fighter because he got mm-hmm. behind beat, especially if he gets knocked out. Please, see, like if he gets tapped out, anybody can get tapped out. And if he gets knocked out, oh, when he comes back to the show, it's going to be you. And my other thing <clears throat> is he clearly, like, has Vince McMahon by the balls. Like, he does not – he's allowed to do – he's been allowed to do anything he's wanted to do. He literally let – they let him beat Undertaker's streak of 20, 21 WrestleMania wins. Why? He got the, yeah, I don't know. They let, <laughs> uh, they, let him, they let him literally perform four times a year – uh, four times a year at pay-per-views. Uh, his manager comes out and talks for him. And all he does is just does this right, like Are you super. Serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Uh, it's like the craziest thing. And Vince McMahon lets him do because he's, I mean, he's that big of a, of a pull. It's like back in the day when, when the dude used to fight bears. Like they used to have like a guy who fought bears in the circus. It's just like, <laughs> like front lizards. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of over him. I mean, I've been watching him for the past years, and like you can kind of tell he's just now. At first, it was like exciting, but now you can. Clearly, tell he's just doing it for the money. I mean, the, the 2K games are, are cool. Um, they're I kind of wish that another company would take over them by now. Like the people who did um, do the, the WWF No Mercy in in, um, in in the early 2000s, which is my favorite wrestling game yeah, to this day. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like they had the it was just so. I don't know. The controls were, were on peak, but now like they, they focused on graphics and the timing of, of certain reversals and, and the storyline and the, like there's too much creation in some spaces when it should be more of a in tune regular wrestling experience for me. But yeah, that is our safe game <laughs> news. Uh, now quickly, I just went to rant on Street Fighter Five really quick. Okay, I was gonna hold off, but no, you're allowed. This is ridiculous. They ticked me off. All right. So it was revealed this week that they released Balrog as a free DLC character, you guys. Also, a free DLC is they're adding a cinematic story mode, something that's never been done before. (laughs) Ever. Story story modes are now add-ons to video games. Yes. Instead (laughs) of, you know, here's my thing. Okay, so Street Fighter's gotten a lot of flack. Street Fighter V has gotten a lot of flack this year because... Uh, it's an unfinished game. There literally was like 10 fighters at the beginning of it, and they s- promise that every character that they add is going to be uh, free. I mean, it's going to be a free DLC character, so they're going to add Guile and, I mean, Balrog and, and Dalsim, uh, but they're like, this is free DLC. No, the game's not finished. Just wait <laughs> off from the game. And because of that, uh, the game bombed. Like, Mortal Kombat outsold it. Like, it's like literally the, like, Smash Brothers outsold it. And literally, there's less units of the wheel to sell it on, and it sold more. Um, so for them to, for Capcom to pull this idea that they needed to put this game out in February, where it clearly was not finished, is disgusting. And I really hope that other, I mean, I know Tekken's not going to do that because uh, Akata actually has integrity. 
um, and he wants to make a he wants to make a finished product. But I feel like I really think this is um, like Americanized culture being influenced on in Japanese games because Japanese when Japanese game makers would make the games, they try to make them like masterpieces. They're works of art. Right? They're mm -hmm. works of art. And this is clearly Capcom is just trying to do a quick. Like they haven't had like their only hit game is Street Fighter. Mega Man uh done. Uh Sonic is I mean Sonic's fun. Sonic Sega. Sonic is Sega. I'm sorry. I always get them to it. Resident like, yeah. Resident Evil is falling apart. Resident Evil that their new game, their new multiplayer game is mm -hmm. is critically being bombed. Like it's being it's being torn apart. Um so they were like, let's do a quick like it'll it'll boost the tournament scene back up and and we'll add new characters and, and just enable like newer characters and, and new fighting styles. But no, no, make a complete game press. It's a it's a it's a money grab. I don't yeah. respect it. It's just got yeah, and, and it sucks because I mean I blame us, <laughs> Americans, we're like for messing up for messing up the game industry. Like when we had innocent like game makers like Nintendo trying to create just create fun experience with stuff, and then we found this this Call of Duty Call of Duty Madden. Actually, no, I'll blame Madden. Mad the Madden formula. <laughs> you make a game, you add and add two new features, and kind of in, in uh, tick up the graphics, and then it becomes uh, a whole new game. And then like you just every year you get sixty dollars things. Like you get Assassin's Creed every uh, every year. You get Call of Duty. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you we get Need for Speeds every year. Um, so it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. Ran over. I just. Street Fighter this really took me out because I used to like that game. I used to really, I mean, I used to, I always sucked at it, but I always thought the characters, <laughs> I always thought the characters was really dope. So. It's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a legendary title in video, in gaming, and so it's a shame to see it go that way. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been probably of all the fighters. I think, um, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Street Fighter was my favorite. Probably Street Fighter and Soul Calibur. So it. it it is disappointing to hear that um, Street Fighter has went the way of a Madden <laughs> and um, is, is, is just, you know, trying to, to pump out games rather than really focus on quality. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, speaking of Soul Calibur, Sean, remember that game that you had when we were kids and it was like, like weapons uh, and if you hit somebody in the leg, like their leg would like be injured? And they uh, it was, was like a Bushido Blade. I was thinking of that the other day, and I was like, "Yo, I miss that game." It's yeah. awesome. It was awesome because it was it was unique because it, there were no health bars. Uh, no. Uh, stages were free roaming, so you could run around. It, they were three um, oh, yeah. D, so it was very unique. And it's it's kind of sad that that formula didn't last. I miss that in rival schools. Oh, oh yeah. I about that. <laughs> yes, I I had that game, and I feel like I've never like been to anyone else's house who had it or like played it in, in, oh in any other way other than at my house. Like it feels oh. like sometimes it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think Bernard had that. Our friend Bernard. Yeah. I I remember I remember just the um the cover of it, and I I remember yeah. loving that game. It was awesome. I just remember when I came over to Ethan's house and discovered yeah. it, and we literally played it like four o'clock in the morning. Trying to figure out everyone's tag team moves and just going through the story. Oh, yeah, the tag team moves because like my friend, like he let me borrow it and I like just never gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that must that must be a thing for y'all's family. Hilarious! <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I love I, it. I love y'all. <laughs> I actually don't care. <laughs> but uh, mo moving on to. I would say happier news, but I mean it's Game of Thrones, so not really. Um, well, actually, before you do it, okay. Time for. Now like that kid. Oh yeah. Now like that kid. So on the season six finale of Game of Thrones, entitled Winds of Winter, which aired last Sunday, which left the world irrevocably changed oh, after a. Um, <laughs> irrevocably. Ooh. <laughs> After the climactic uh, Battle of the Bastards episode where Jon Snow fought against Ramsay, uh, this episode managed to keep the momentum um, by building up suspense. And I have to say, as you know, a storyteller and someone that loves writing and reading, like this show gave me such anxiety. Like, <laughs> like watching that intro and hearing the, the violins and freaking Cersei needs also, to wait, not for her Oh yeah, we're, uh, we're about to spoil this hard, so... Everywhere, run away. I'll put a timestamp exactly where this section begins and ends, um, so, yes. Yeah, Cersei's eye game deserved a nomination. Like, let's be real for 10 seconds. Like, she had such ferocity. Like, she barely said two, two words the whole episode, and yet she was doing the most. 
Yeah, um, the facial acting, which yes. I talk about all the time, it was just like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in your soul, and also like you're ripping my soul out. Exactly, like my soul is gone now because of through my your, kneecaps. <laughs> right, your your eyebrows were on fleek, like, <laughs> like everything was just extra. Um, so in this episode, Cersei claims the Iron Throne in the most vicious way possible, hardcore, cruel. Um, and doing so, sacrifices so much that she is now has reached the point of no return, and you can tell that from the, the, the final scene. Um, essentially what, what she did is that she used her little birds to execute a nefarious plan of exploding the high sept where she is supposed to stand trial for her crimes by using burning candles to cause the wildfire to explode from underneath the building. This Thereby act, destroying almost all of King's Landing. Yeah, this act kills Lancel, um, who who did his best to stop this from happening. The High Sparrow, who oh my God, thank you, I hated him just yes. as much as Ramsay. Um, Marjorie Tyrell, Loras Tyrell, the Lord Marjorie of High Garden, and even her uncle Kevin Lannister. Um, so the the death toll on this episode was extreme, and and also Marjorie. Um, has been one of my favorite characters from the second she came on the show. Um, I've, I've been a fan of, Nat of Natalie Dormer. For, th for those who, who don't know, um, she played in Hunger Games. Oh, what was her name? Um, she was the one who um, essentially video recorded Katniss. Um, yeah, she was the director of the, uh, the propos in, um, in Hunger Games, the last right. two. Yeah. Um, she's such a, a talented actress, and, and that character, I, I loved how, how she played the game because she played the game. Like, she was smart and cunning, and she manipulated people in a way that was just more tactical than Cersei was, who acts out of her, her own id um, and just goes for what she wants rather than play, playing the, the long game. So it, it was a major blow um, having Marjorie die, but I also think that it was done in a respectful way because Marjorie was smart enough to know that something was a myth. It was she, it it was like her last stand. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. She I was, was the smartest person on this uh, in this in this kingdom. Exactly. You know, she was like, "So she's not here. Tommen isn't here. If she's not here, there's a reason why she's not here." And that dumb freaking High Sparrow um, <laughs> was just like, "No, the gods will, <laughs> the gods will set us all free." You know. Um, <laughs> And of course, she sadly ended up being correct. But but still, that the I, I have to give credit to that scene and the the build up and Cersei watching from the Red Keep, and it kind of brings us back to the the previous season where she had to make that walk back mm -hmm. back to the Walk know, of Atonement, right? And and now she's standing on the other side and seeing this complete devastation of green flame engulfing a major part of King's Landing was nothing short of, of epic. Mm -hmm. um, some other no notable scenes, um, the Daenerys and Tyrion scene was really great because I feel like he, he's also a character, much like Marjorie, who is in insanely smart. He's tactical. He's, he's cunning. He's all of these things, and yet he doesn't give the credit that, that he deserves. And in this episode, um, Khaleesi makes him Hand of the, the Queen, mm -hmm. which is a, a title that he had when um, King Joffrey was king in, in King's Landing, but was taken from him by, by Tywin, even though he did an amazing job, like the battle that, that they fought and won was because of him. And he's such a strong and devoted hand that it, it only makes sense for him to, to have that title, but because of his lot in life, essentially, that was taken away from him. So it's, it was just very awesome for us to see him getting what he deserves. What I love about Tyrion's arc up to this point is that, with the exception of Jaime Lannister, he is the one good Lannister. Yeah. Um, he is the one that cannot be controlled by, by the Lannister name. He is the one that will do what's right against whatever his family says, um, and so I loved seeing him be granted that official bit of power that he's so much deserved in that position alongside uh, Daenerys. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how that, how that goes going forward. Yeah, and, and, and Peter Dinklage's acting is just so perfect because he's such a cynical character in so many respects, and yet when he's given this 
this action by Daenerys, you, you can see that, that that kind of phase in, and he's generally moved by this action itself. So that was awesome to see. Also, very fulfilling was Arya killing Walder Frey, yeah. which was seasons in the making to atone for the the Red Wedding. That old man needed to die. Like, yes. how is he still breathing? Like, he looks like death. So it was great. <laughs> it was great to see Arya. You know, she has a name, and it is Arya, Arya Stark of Winterfell. And to see her slice Walder Frey's throat with not an ounce of remorse was. Not to mention, like feeding feeding this man his children, like that is so rude. Yeah. <laughs> you fed, fed rude. this man his children, let him eat it, and then killed him. Like oh. that is everything. I love. Yeah. I I've loved Arya since day one because she uh, she she was such such a stark contrast to no pun intended <laughs> to uh, to her sister Sansa in the earlier seasons where she didn't want uh, her whole life didn't revolve around wanting to be royal she wanted to be herself she wanted to be happy she wanted to find happiness um, and so to see her continuing to just check names off that list that she's had for seasons using her newfound um, her newfound talents is just it's uh, I love Arya I love Arya so yeah, the 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 evolution of her character has been intriguing to to see I think just because she's gone through through so much and she's kind of like taken some steps back which mm -hmm. would seem like that would go against her but I feel like that that made her stronger and I feel like we definitely saw the fruits of that labor in this episode mm -hmm. um, and then of course the big one Jon Snow is Lyanna Stark's son, mm -hmm. not Ned Stark's son. This was done so poetically, I, I feel like, um, because like my thoughts when watching the scene where Ned Stark goes into the, the tower to speak to his dying sister who's dying from childbirth, and she makes this request of him keeping the, the secret, my thought went to the fact that Ned Stark had to carry this burden for the rest of, of his life that people, you know, then would see him as this person that kind of faltered and fostered a, a kid by another woman when it was actually a more altruistic endeavor. And this this action itself, like, changed the course of history. Um, so, like, that's where, where, where my mind went to. And then after that scene, there was also, there's this thing in, in writing where, like, in order to give you have to take and after that scene Jon Snow is named king in the north mm -hmm. you know and he, he's essentially seen as Ned Stark's true son so just when we find out that he's not Ned Stark's son mm -hmm. people now see him as Ned Stark's true son so it's, <laughs> it's, it's this awesome kind of duality that this show was able to, to showcase yeah. and um, it, it, it definitely became one of my favorite scenes of the season yeah. Before we close out this section, I just want to shout out Lady Mormont. The the I think she's a twelve year old girl. She is the uh, the lady of House Mormont, and she is everything. <laughs> yeah. She's the smartest. She's the smartest person in the North, in my opinion, aside from maybe Sansa Stark. And uh, I love her. So yes. Anyway. Yeah. She 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 called people out. She was like, "Where were you when he killed your family?" <laughs> you know, like she just read the entire room, mm -hmm. and they all bowed down to. This little girl into Jon Snow. So that was for, awesome. For a second, I thought you said Lady Marmalade. And I was like, what? <laughs> Pretty old lady. <laughs> all right, yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's three ones now. That's three songs. Let's show this one more before the show. Okay, uh, quickly on the BET Awards. At this year's BET Awards, uh, which was hosted by The Ravishing, Perfect, hilarious, wondrous, loving Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, and Anthony Anderson was there too. Uh, it was a pretty cool show. They had a tribute to Hamilton with a modern hip hop take. Uh, also, many Prince tributes, as he surely deserved, by Erica Badu, uh, Bilal, Janelle Monet, Maxwell, and Jennifer Hudson. Uh, super awkward uh, pre award presentations with a faulty teleprompter that was literally like going super slow so people couldn't get to the jokes. So they'd be like the middle of a punchline and be like, so then we went to the store and got cereal. I'm like, all right. All right. Uh, <clears throat> and a speech for the ages by Sir Jesse Williams. Uh, I honestly love this show. Uh, they're kind of on a streak with award shows. People don't want to give the BET Awards shows props, but they actually have been very good for like the past four or five years. And yeah, to top it off with with like the production values, the only time I ever just get ticked off 
is when Deborah Lee shows up to do her but usual like, oh, this is inhumanitarian because I think of that Boondocks episode uh, <laughs> where she was like, I seen a dude reading the other day. I seen a dude smiling. You know what that means? But no, uh, I loved. I thought the show was awesome. Literally, me and my mom were texting back and forth like every time something happened, especially Bala's performance. Of uh, what's that song? Baby, baby, baby. I that, told you you would sing on the show. You did it. <laughs> 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 Keep going. To, yeah. Just because he killed it. Nah, Bilal killed it, especially at the end of the thing. Um, but yeah, no. Mostly, most important was this Jesse Williams speech that had everybody talking about this this gorgeous human being. Um, this man went up, literally spoke on equality. Us taking care of black women a lot better than what we've been yeah. doing before. Uh, us, <clears throat> us taking like putting money back into our own as opposed to being branded by by the system. And it's just uh, I wish it's funny because like my favorite thing is people kept standing up and then sitting down as he kept saying things. <laughs> saying things. And then because uh, he was like, not he was not there for the this is about me. I want everybody to remember me saying this. He was there for listen to what I'm saying. Yes, right. And this this is what these this, this is what these platforms should be used for. I mean, not like the don't not DJ Khaled promoting this album coming out that we like we know we're going to buy. Like, it's mm -hmm. the stop doing the '90s thing where you have to do an awards show presentation. Oh, I know this is a thing for for the you know, best fan appreciation. Well, when my album comes out the 17th, y'all go check. Like, no, right. stop. There's Twitter for that. Like, you have a bunch of Twitter followers. <laughs> no one in the crowd is going to remember with everything else that happened in this show that you're doing that. So I I appreciate just. I really hope. This this sparks other people doing that. Honestly, what, what I love about his speech was that his message was not about black <clears throat> people are better, white people are worse. His message was all about we are the same, like like equal, and we should be treated equal, and we deserve the same opportunities and the mm -hmm. same treatment as everyone else. And it was, you know what I mean? Like it was mm -hmm. about. It, but it wasn't the typical like oh every everybody be happy we're all you know, the we're world. All, you know exactly it wasn't <laughs> that it was very much like we're black and we're proud of that fact but that doesn't mean that we have to be treated as lesser that we should be treated as lesser right right I mean this this was definitely about our our <laughs> freedom and our actual freedom and not our assumed freedom because these are are two different things <laughs> you know like for for instance the the Sandra Bland you know, conversation of, of him saying that, oh, she's free, but then she acted too free. You know, yeah. it's like if we get an inch, we take a, a mile situation. And I feel like that's what, what needs to change, and, and that's what starts with equality. And that the, the conversation that, that he was bringing up was just that that's all we are essentially asking for, that there's a huge discrepancy between, you know, how many times our people <clears throat> get killed um, versus a nonviolent situation where they are able to take down someone who is not of color, mm -hmm. um, and and just the, these factual in information that we are given allows us to then draw a straight line from you know cause and causation, mm -hmm. and then the question is how do we go about making that change? And that change starts with these conversations. Exactly, and this is my, also this is how you this is how you, this is the reasoning for presenting a speech, not like when. Taylor Swift did that corny thing at the Grammys when she was like, "Don't you ever let anyone say that they are responsible for your thing." As a as a shot at Kanye, like you waited for Kanye to do a thing on a non-important issue. As we know, Taylor Swift, we you, we know you are you were self-made. You know that's why mean? I say I don't. That's why I say I don't <clears throat> trust her because she uses she she uses those moments to make it about herself at the end. No, of exactly. I don't respect that. I was corny. So like for Jesse Williams, just but mind you, and like mind you. He has a a well, oh like a well-reviewed, like amazing show running on ABC for seven years, and he does not care. Like he's I mean, like America's he's America's favorite that. black man. <laughs> exactly. He, like he like he could literally go back to the show and be like, all right, well, you know that was kind of much. We're gonna fire, and he wouldn't care. Like mm -hmm. that's not what he's stands for. He had his dad crying. Like, he had his white his white mom was there cheering yes. him on, which I just oh, I just love that so oh, much. So, man, look, so yeah. and I, I think I, I just I just hope like when you said been the whole putting money back in that thing and like you said that into a room full of rappers that they actually kind of mm -hmm. took note. And <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we'll see. Progress is progress. At least this is a step. So I, I love it. It is. Yeah. Anybody saying anything in favor of uh, of our needs is a step in the right direction. Please. Exactly. Yes. And it's, it's 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 like he said, like if you don't have any ideas for in order to help 
our calls, like you, you cannot detract from it. Like you have to have yeah. a, a, yes. a history of being able to detract them from people who try to impose upon us. And if not, then you need to sit down. Sit and down. It's, 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 <laughs> if yeah, you're as simple as that. If you're too busy trying to figure out why we're wrong, then you don't have a word to, to, to offer in this. Exactly. So, yeah, but no, overall, yeah, no. BT Awards is dope, man. I know people, yeah. but, like, they're good shows. Like, one, one of my favorite ones is when they had the, uh, the, the James Brown tribute when, Mike, when Michael Jackson came out and I cried because uh, I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> and then the, Charlie, when, uh, then the Charlie Wilson tribute was also dope. Like, they're, they're good for, for that. So, I, I wish it's better than anything like, MTV puts on. <clears throat> exactly. When, when people get mad that, like, that we don't accept the Grammy, like, when, when Kendrick doesn't win the Grammy for the thing, uh, for, um, for album of the year, like, why does that matter? Like we literally have a show for us where we're able to to celebrate ourselves or whatever, and not by a a majority of white people to whether tell me where, if Good Kid, Mad City is better than a Macklemore album. Like like so. No, no, no. Oh, right. by the, just before, just real fast before we forget, Beyonce's performance was life. Uh, and Kendrick, oh, that, and Ken, that, that, yeah, how, like. It was Yo, life. Kendrick yeah. stay coming up with a quick new verse before everybody. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yo. Yeah, I mean, he's never sleeping. He, that's yeah. why I appreciate him as a member because he always tries to make his performances like a unique thing. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember when he uh, he performed on Stephen Colbert. He was the last performer on Stephen Colbert's show. Uh, mm -hmm. Stephen Colbert right before he went to the Late Show, and he performed an unreleased, untitled song that he he recently put out in February, but he did it last year, and he made it specifically for that as a moment thing. And I, mm -hmm. I love. I will. I will always stand for Kendrick over anybody else because he's that. Oh, he's in, he's the next thing, man. He's, yeah, he's, I mean Kendrick is a a true artist. I listened to um, <clears throat> his last album, How to Pimp a, a Butterfly, and to me it was album of the year. Masterpiece, yeah, yeah. hands down, just back to back. I, I still listen to it. Like I will still go out. Like especially riding. Like it's such a good thing. And the, the, the my favorite thing about it is that you literally have to play that from the beginning to the end. Yes. You can't like it's so it's an entire. I love albums like that. Um, Me too. Like that. King King Kunta is my favorite. Just yeah. put it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So all right. Now for the <laughs> <laughs> Our battle question of the week. Uh, this one we're going to go in a different direction. I thought I'd try to make it a little lighter and funnier. <clears throat> so the Olympics are in a few weeks in Brazil, uh, but the venue seems to be in a bit of trouble. Uh, so with the Zika virus running wild, hotels being unfinished for the newcomers, and body parts washing up on shore as of <laughs> Wednesday, what would it take to convince you two to go to this year's tournament? Oh, God. Yeah, if they were like, hey, it's a free ticket to the uh, Olympics. Um, how what would be like, hey, I'll go, although I might die. Like, mm. although, although they're literally living Jumanji out there. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lion, a monkey um, boy. If they offered me ninety three thousand dollars to pay off yeah. student loans in addition to the free ticket to get there and attend as well as stay. Um, and a personal performance uh, with me and all of my closest friends to uh, view Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> forma full, full formation tour, the whole thing. <laughs> While drinking lemonade. Yes. Um, yeah, like, to, like my mind, like the only thing I can think of is money. Um, because I, <laughs> because I, I don't see if there's like anything else where like, I'll be like, oh, I want to go there so bad that I would risk... That happening to me. Um, so like money, and I'm thinking if there's anything else, like maybe if there's like an advanced viewing of the next Justice League movie, to sit down with Ben and Gal Gadot, <laughs> Henry Cavill, talk to them, like something epic like that. Otherwise, no, it's not going to happen. My my thinking is just like I need so so. There's a good chance I'm not going to survive the trip. So I think. <laughs> I need to, one, make sure that my debt is gone for my family so that my family does not have to inherit that. Yes. And Beyonce is the one person in the whole world that I need to see uh, at some point in my life, and so that needs to happen. Hmm. I would have to – they would have to say, you're allowed to participate in the Olympics, 
like, and I mean, like, I get to announce. Oh, I was uh, gonna say, what do you want to do? I get to right. announce. I get to throw a javelin. Uh, I get to be in like gymnastics? front row seats. Yeah, I, yeah. I get to be in front row seats of all the uh, the uh, the USA basketball team. Uh, the, I get to, I get to commentate on boxing. I get to play tennis with Serene. Like, I get to do as much as I want to do. To I would be really awkward watching this, <laughs> like <laughs> knowing that you're, you're here for, for this specific reason and you're on like every program in the audience or <laughs> broadcasting. Do you know? Do you know what this do, would do for bloke uh, for Blair? Yeah, I would have visibility. Visibility. <laughs> uh, Oh my god! I, I do it for for blurred culture. That's yeah, you got you. Um, I yeah, but uh, it body like literally they're living the play. Blurred, yeah. they, yo. Body parts washed up on shore, bro. <laughs> right, what, what we need to start worrying about is that two years ago in uh, Sochi for the, yeah. winter, for the Winter Olympics, they also had horrible issues. We need to start considering the states of these countries before we, yeah. before we choose give to hold the Olympics. Yeah. Here. There's only two people that are going to do it right. China and America, like, cause they have, we both have. Yeah, too I much mean, fun. Canada does. Canada does fine with winter sports. They do well. You know, everybody is nice in Canada, except for that I mean, guy. Just... Except for that guy I work with, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I I would say yeah. Well, with the, with the the warm Olympics, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, because we have too much pride. Both countries <laughs> have too much pride to make each other look bad. Like they're always trying to one up each other. Um, but leave it alone outside of that. Jesus Christmas. Chicago's been trying to grab the Olympics for a while, and they just won't let them have it. Just let them have it. First of all, Chicago is one of the greatest cities in America that I've been to. I love Chicago. Parts of Chicago. <laughs> as a you know, as a general as a general thing, because that's true for all cities. White Chicago is one. No, of no, not no. Just as a general thing, for real. I got, no, I got you. As soon as you get Southside, though, it's a wrap. Uh, okay. <laughs> but as for that, um, we're going to put this question on our Facebook for you guys to answer. And yeah. Hopefully you get some funny responses, memes, gifts, all that jazz. And, and all that jazz. Uh, that's four. I knew it. I knew another one was coming here. But outside of that, this is Blurred Culture signing off. Please remember us. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Join our Facebook group. It's very, very easy to do so. And rate our show on iTunes. Uh, we will be back with our Comic-Con extravaganza. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. Love y'all. This is Troy signing out. This is Ethan. Just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Ooh, bars! <laughs> <laughs> and this is Sean. Ooh, shocky, breaky, baby, electric, later, electric, later. Ooh, shocky, breaky, baby, electric, later, electric, later. Ooh, shocky, breaky, baby, electric, sorry. All right. I love you. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>